0: your puny skulls convert skull, a catching up with mike and joe now it's time to start the show joe new yeah. lyrics you happy, didn't even tell me happy sixth How- anniversary mike lawson hey
1: joey um oh hey hi joe hello and hello to everyone listening, my name is Mike, that's Joe, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, Joe lives in LA, we have been friends for over 15 years, mm-hmm.
0: and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes we do, Mike Lawson, yes, we do, that's what we do every single week without fail, we never, ever miss a week, for no reason whatsoever. You sort of pulled one, o- <laughs> you sort of
1: pulled one over on me with that, because you've kind of been telling me like, oh, I might get new lyrics, I might, I might, and then you just surprise me with them
0: you know i'll be honest with you uh is i to the last minute could not think of because everything was either super super mean to you or like super 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 mean to me and i didn't couldn't get the right balance it it's a little tricky because it is mean but it's mm-hmm.
1: like if we write it it's okay you can make fun of yourself so i understand what you're saying like Making fun yeah. of yourself
0: when I'm part of your self, kind of right? Well, it. You know what also it is is, and this is the thing. <laughs> is all the super mean lyrics were super specific, so that like you know, right now we're in the middle of it, but in a hundred episodes we're gonna be like, what is he? What the fuck is he talking about? Does that make yeah. sense? So also, yeah, I'm I'm a little sensitive, and I'm not
1: sure why about like the Asian jokes that I know you were kind of playing with, weren't you? Yeah.
0: So the original lyric that I had was and if you're from the philippines shove your hand down mike lawson's jeans you'll grab his giant schwanz and pass away that was, it was gonna be but you didn't yeah. like the asian jokes it, it's not that i don't
1: like it and i can i can laugh at it i get that that it's funny but i don't mm-hmm. know why i like i feel a little defensive about it <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, there. I have a new coworker who I'm not going to talk a lot about. Yeah. Um, unless you stick around for the after show, (laughs) 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 we're we're recording live right now on Mixler.com/slash Drag Race Recap, uh, and we do so every Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Wait, hold on. Big announcement.
0: Big announcement. Okay, I want to make this clear now. As of February 1st, I'm changing the website name. Good to to Mixler.com/slash Afterthought Media. Perfect. Which is your new sort of like podcasting
1: um, kingdom? I don't want
0: to. Yeah, kingdom's better because I don't want to say network because it's like me networking with myself. Sure. Which I just did before we came on here, by the way. But- so so- <laughs> <laughs> gross. So it's sort of like a
1: channel, right? So yeah, you can have your way, that,
0: stuff. That's a good way of putting my own channel.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I would, I would love to talk eventually once you get things off the ground. I would like to sort of like create some content like i w- i have like a show idea that i want to do mm-hmm. and maybe i can just provide it on your channel somehow
0: i like that thinking mike lawson i like that yeah. thinking
1: let's talk about it i mean if if i'm not getting in your way like i don't want to like no. what do screw I care? up kind of your your brand so to speak
0: mm-hmm. no, but no you wouldn't I can... you wouldn't screw up my brand um like if Lori rogenkamp wanted to do a show i might be like ugh. <laughs> she's in the chat right now Wait, by what? the way so oh that's thanks- awkward
1: <laughs> Mixler.com slash Drag Race Recap Mondays at 8 a.m. Pacific
0: Join us live um Cause I feel now, like Joy- every Lori Roggenkamp podcast by the way is just about women doing terrible things but there's not a podcast about women just doing it's like One's like, I have a podcast about women who murder people. You're like, oh, okay. And I have another podcast about women who litter. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I have another podcast about women who kidnap people. You're like, aren't these all the same thing? Well, how many podcasts are you going to have about women doing? Well, how about doing things about women doing positive things? Sorry, go well, ahead. Well, you
1: should. Her new podcast is about women who ask to talk to your manager.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Do you,
1: what's going on with you? I know you said you don't have a lot of personal stories, but do you have anything to share with me? Mike Lawson, I'm going to tell you something.
0: I was so, maybe I forgot, because I don't don't have a good memory. So I was like, maybe I forgot. Let me look through my calendar, because I've been keeping a pretty detailed calendar. I did the same thing this morning. And I was like, maybe I've done all these fascinating things, and I just forgot, because my life is so fascinating, I just forget the most, Mike Lawson, I don't think I've left the house (laughs) Well, the first week, for, so everyone should know, Mike and I were thinking about recording last week. And then right before showtime, we were like, we don't really have any stories.
1: Yeah. and so I, Joey, ahead. I was going to do the same episode that we're doing this week,
2: though. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, oh, by the way, important announcement. Lori Roggenkamp just announced in the chat room she has a new podcast coming out about trans women who have complicated coffee orders. <laughs> so keep, keep, keep watching okay. out for that can't wait yeah but uh the point is that like afterthought is really taking up a lot it's so funny i okay this is kind of what i want to talk about where i am in my life i don't do the state of the joe uh 2019 in fact tomorrow is supposed to be the state of the union Mm. and i guess you and i are kind of in a union we're going to be union on this podcast so this is the state of the union for patching up 2019 and i'm going to say in a way
1: You you glance you um t- mentioned it briefly, but this is our kind of sixth anniversary. Like it this past weekend was yeah. our sixth and sixth year of doing catching up. So yeah. now's a great time to kind of catch up on the state of the union.
0: Yeah, and our, uh I think the state of the union is strong. Yeah. Our weeness. Our our weeness, yes. Uh-huh. Our weeness is strong. Yeah. And um I uh, I think what uh, – where I am right now, I'm actually very – you know, it's so funny. I was talking to um, – you know the senator? Oh, by the way. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Here's yeah. a funny story. I think this this, this – I'm going to talk about it because I found out he just does not – he will not listen to Catching Up, has no cool. interest in Catching Up, and so Great. i going to talk about it here. But you know, on the after show, when I was talking about my breakup with Aiden, right, I think yeah. I, I told you – oh, like I got the story I can't tell you even on the after show. Mike Lawson, this is Monday. This is like two days after, um, you know, Aiden and I broke up. And I guess he must have listened to a, a drag race show or something. He gets a text message from me. And he goes, you and Aiden broke up? And I was like, <laughs> yes. And now he, this senator has been so all up in my jock, you know. Married senator, right? Married. Married mm-hmm. to a woman. hmm Oh, yeah.
1: Cool. Mm-hmm. So you gave up one sort of like non-traditional relationship that'll never... <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. He and I had a real heart-to-heart and uh, yesterday I, I pretty much told him this is never going to work. Good. As a, as a, yeah, 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 yeah. I I, I also don't... It, it, look, you know what's so funny is he was telling me about all his previous um affairs yesterday. Yeah. And first of all, I don't even believe he's really into me. Because Mike Lawson... The guys he's been hooking up with are so fucking hot. It's insane. Okay? Insane. And I'm like, "Mm." so this is doubtful, right? So in fact, one of them was so hot. One of them was so hot. And I go, I don't really believe you. I'll be honest with you. I go, the other ones I buy, this one is so hot. I don't believe it. He goes, okay, hold on. And he sent me a screenshot of an Instagram conversation between them where it was Mm -hmm. just very hot and heavy. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I believe it, but um, I'm like, I just I, I, just told him, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. You know, you're living your senator life and uh, – and, uh, With your wife. With your wife. <laughs> you know.
1: I would like to see – it's none of my business where you yeah. go and what mm-hmm. you do, but I would like you to have just like a super normal like date with – somebody who's super normal Mm -hmm. not someone who's like on the internet and in another country Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like someone who's like lives around the corner and like just hangs out
0: yeah but you know what the problem is that requires me being vulnerable
1: yeah exactly (laughs)
0: But, you know, in terms of the state of 2019, actually, 2018 wasn't a bad year. Well, no, it was a, it, had a, it, it was the best of times and the worst of times. You know, I uh, started a nonprofit in 2018. I um, started Afterthought Media. But somewhere in the middle, <clears throat> you know, I dated Aiden. That was a very positive experience. Um, but somewhere in the middle, uh, I had a very, very deep depression. But in a weird kind of way, um, you know, in Chinese... Depression. The other it has two meanings: depression, and then it also means starting a podcast network for gay people. <laughs> so on the other side of it, I came out on the end of it, going like, "You know what? This life is too short. I mm-hmm. want to do this." And and by the way, and I, I, and I oh, that's why I, the reason I brought up the senator was for some reason. <clears throat> well, I know the reason. He had a long drive ahead of him. He wanted to know my whole life story. So like, anytime anyone asks me, but for my life story, I'm not going to stop. Right. Specifically yeah. about comedy, why wasn't I doing stand up? And I'll give him the whole talk. But when talking about that, I was talking about how you know I would left stand up comedy in twenty ten, and let me let me say this. You know, Lori Roddenkamp, I hope she's still in the room because she she can comment on this too. Is when I was doing. Everyone asked like why I was doing stand up, and Lori and I have talked about this off on like behind like the after breakfast version of Dracula, right? Which is, I was fine at stand-up i didn't feel my authentic self doing stand-up and and that always bothered me but the thing the reason i left in 2010 2010 was the last time i ever did a set um the reason i left was i looked around and there were people who were so funny far funnier than i would ever be at stand-up and they were so poor Like, so broke, so poor. Not that you go into stand-up to get rich, but I'm just saying, like, if they're this funny and they're not, and I'm not saying they have to be famous, but if they can't even, like, if I have to buy them a drink at the bar or I need to give them a ride somewhere, and they've been doing it twice as long as I have by that point, where is this going to go? What is the likelihood here? And I'm going to tell you something. I don't regret it because those same people, okay, those same people that I was, that, I looked around, I thought they were so funny in 2010, are in the same position nearly 10 years later. We're in 2019. Mm. And they're in the same position they were in 2010. And so I don't regret it. But like, anyway, the point is, I need to thank you because you were the one, you know, we've talked about the origins of the show multiple times. But you and I were just having a normal phone call. You had just moved to San Francisco. I had just turned in the first draft of my, uh, you know, Oscar winning film. That everyone knows I won all these Oscars for. And uh-huh. uh, I knew there was a, a, a world of rewrites coming. I had just, because of that, I was like, I'm moving to LA. I'm closing my business. And so I was in this weird transition in life. What's so funny is the transition I thought was going to lead me towards being a screenwriter. And it actually led me towards being a podcaster. And I think it's yeah. thanks to you and thanks to all of you in podcast land, I think I finally have found my authentic voice. Good. You know? And I think. You're passing a lot of judgment
1: on those poor stand up comedians, which maybe you didn't mean to, or maybe you did, but. Oh, no, no, I'm not passing judgment on them. I think, no. I mean, the the value of, or the kind of like, um, paying the dudes, right? But maybe they really, those people really do enjoy that. Like, there's things that I do in a hobby and I'm passionate about that bring me. You know, very little money, or br- mm-hmm. they bring me value in other ways. And so, you know, maybe they can't afford to drive, maybe they can't afford that drink, all of that, but they're doing the thing that really brings them happiness. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe what you've discovered is that doesn't bring you happiness. So why go through all of the like hard times that are required? for it and so you found other things that you will kind of sacrifice
0: for yeah and that was, that's cool yeah no no and that was part of the conversation i was having with the senator was you know i only went into stand-up because my friend mercedes was taking a stand-up comedy class for her when she was an actress you know and but i took also how her. many times before that were you told you're funny you should do stand-up because i, I was like that the, had yeah. to have been. and i was for saying her. at the time podcasting was a baby you know, podcasting was in its infancy, and that wasn't an actual option, you know, no one thought of podcasting then about that, like that, you know, they were literally only on iPods, iPhone didn't even exist, and, yeah. um, and it's one of these things where, like, if you want, if you were funny, the only entry-level job for you was a stand-up comic, now there's all these different options now, but um so I, I don't even like stand-up i never liked stand-up uh i don't find my, i don't consider myself a fan of stand-up i don't watch stand-up i've, I've never i didn't watch it then i don't watch it now but it, that, at the time that was the only thing you did this i listen to podcasts all the time i like conversational humor more than i like you know very uh strict formal routines you know so have I, you
1: ever peed in a bottle like in a car you're like god i have to pee so here's a water bottle so i'm gonna pee in it yeah
0: I mean, that's, I bought a special bottle for that.
1: I feel like the senator saying, like, Joe, tell me about your life is kind of like <laughs> peeing in a bottle. Like, you get started and then it's like about to fill up and you're like, fuck, I'm at a bottle and I need, Joe's not going to stop. Oh, like, oh, need to keep, find a new bottle
0: to piss into. Uh, it's kind of like that. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Because you know what? Because he was like, I have a long drive ahead of me. And then, like, I finished at the store and he was like, Oh, hey Joe! You know I'm gonna have to let you go. I've I already have arrived in a in here. He goes. I passed through. I'm not even being funny, Mike Lawson. I don't want to <laughs> give away where he is. He goes. Yeah, that was great. I I drove through two states while you were telling <laughs> that story, and now I'm uh I'm almost home. I gotta go.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not. I am out of battery, but like I need to upgrade my iPhone. Actually, it's been that long.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've already. I remember. And I only upgrade every two versions yeah
1: (laughs) um well that's good um so is the senator a friend like you guys chat regularly is that a thing now
0: we have been but i'll be honest with you i just don't have the connection with him that i have with like a carlo or with like um sweet michael or with a you or a taylor i think he is just stuck in show mode yeah, Does that makes sense. He's, he's
1: almost that, using you in a way like your entertainment, your gay entertainment yeah. for him. You're yeah, his gay he friend. he
0: wants a live podcast. Yeah, if you think about it, it's well, what he's saying, like tell me your life story, and then he can just sit there quietly and listen to a live podcast specifically for him. <laughs> <laughs> so in six years, what's changed? Like
1: we started this thing. I know in the beginning you were. T- we have talked about how like we were kind of characters, and now this has become. Sort of like a journal for you. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: What does this show – like, what's the purpose of this show for you in your life now? Catching up? It's funny. I was just – again, I was thinking about this when talking to the senator. I was thinking, you know, it's six years ago today that we started the podcast, and I was like, I have, for all intents and purposes, the last six years of my life journaled. Which I always yeah. wanted to keep a journal, but I just could I didn't have the discipline to actually sit down and write. Do you keep an actual written journal?
1: No, I keep a like I have a daily calendar uh-huh. and I write notes each day on different things like goals that I have for the day or mm-hmm. things that I want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Basically. So yeah. not really a
0: journal, but kind of. Yeah, so for catching up. I don't mean this in a shady way. This is all T, no shade. I don't worry about being entertaining on this show. To me, this we is know. legit. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is just a legit journal that there happen to be people who get to listen to my yeah. journal. But I don't sit here and stress like, oh my God, I have to make sure this show is like super good this week. Like, for instance, I would have been so upset if I didn't have anything to talk about on a RuPaul's Drag Race show. But I'm like, meh. Yeah. So Lost and I will just shoot the shit on the show totally um i also i use this is weird to say but like now
1: that i'm single and i'm kind of like dating a little bit mm -hmm. like you know when you're on a date and you're like fuck what story am i gonna tell Mm -hmm. i start thinking like well there's the the episode that i just told this story Mm -hmm. or two weeks ago i told the story about that coworker," Mm -hmm. and so it kind of helps me like remember like I don't know, chapters or, like, highlights. It helps me remember highlights when I'm talking to new people.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the same way. You're right. It does help me remember highlights when I'm talking to new people. Well, you know what's so funny? This isn't even a real story, but it's like I do think about the world in terms of the show in in a way that, like, for instance, last night, my mom was like, do you want to go get Chinese food with me? I'm like, okay. (laughs) So we get out of Uh the car, and – um. Then she walks in, I just stayed outside, I don't know why, but I think because I I know she's embarrassing in the Chinese food place, I just didn't want to deal. And then she walks out, and she's like, like not even noticing that I'm there, even though I came with her, right? And so I start walking behind her, back to the car, and she's not even acknowledging me, and then, as we're almost at the car, I get a phone call, and I answer it, and I say, hey, listen, can I call you back? In that time, she's gotten in the car and starts driving away? without you without me so i walk up <laughs> to the car and i say i held my hand up like what the fuck and she's like like oh she's screaming in the car like, thank god you can't hear her. i guess that car is really soundproof she i just see her screaming and uh-huh. i go why were you leaving without me well why weren't you in the car and i'm like <laughs> Ugh, okay whatever anyway um but, but you know enough about me what's going on with you mike lawson <laughs>
1: Absolutely nothing. Um, I'm getting to the point, I think this has a lot to do with my age. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm like boring, but like totally happy with that. So like I have like a budget. I have some dental work that needs to get done. That's Mm -hmm. like hella expensive. So I'm like doing absolutely nothing because I'm saving every fucking penny right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad about it. I'm like, I have this routine that costs me close to nothing. Yeah. Every kind of, I don't know. I'm just like satisfied with everything, but I'm like doing nothing fun right now. Um,
0: Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat because um, I'm trying to save to buy a car. So I know what you mean.
1: Yeah. So that's my life. Um, I do. I just uh, drew these like Valentine's Day cards and sent them to a few people. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that was fun, but I did, um, I sent one to you and I
0: addressed it to Betty.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be fun when that arrives. Yeah, well, well, now I have
0: a story for the show. Thanks for the story for the show, Mike.
1: I started writing it and then I was like, Joe Batanz, but then I was like, well, then his dad's going to open it. So I'm like, maybe I'll just address it to all of them. Yeah. So I did that. And what, after I sent it, I didn't realize this. I drew it and there is a marijuana leaf on it. Will your mom be, will your mom be weird about that? I don't
0: think, I don't think they will. I don't think that they'll recognize it's a marijuana leaf. Okay. I think they're kind there's of like a bunch to of little
1: things. There's yeah. like a bunch of little symbols, um, kind of like catching up symbols, like all the
0: oh, little I icons see. that we yeah, have yeah, on yeah.
1: our episodes. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think they I don't think they'll pick up on the leaf. I, I think they're okay. kind of oblivious to that, but I, in fact, if they do, I'll just flip it back to them. and go, "Oh, why do you want? Why do you know what a marijuana leaf looks like?
1: It's legal." I mean, I just put up. I mean, there's all kinds of symbols. Um, no, they have but a friend that's printed weed. one and send, gave it to my boss, which I didn't think about until I had already done it.
0: It's so weird that you're talking about weed is that you know, like my parents are for some reason with drugs very conservative. You know, yeah, but they've been finding that a lot of now that it's legal, a lot of the people that they know who they thought were also conservative, like for instance, one of my dad's friends growing up is now like a huge pothead. Yeah. And then my dad has a cousin. Oh, actually, um, uh, I don't want to say who it is. Um, yeah. my dad has some <laughs> totally. cousins who, um, who they have been using not marijuana, but like CBD oil.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And my dad, I- my dad's like, Oh, how interesting. They think it's very interesting.
1: Well, what's weird is like, why not? Like my parents take a hundred medications for a hundred things. Yeah, this is. I mean, what's the difference? Other than,
0: well, its I history? think for them they were just. Ra- my parents, my mom specifically, they are so caught up in the past. And one of my goals is to not be as caught up in the past as they as they are. Where like my mom has now, I think as she gets older, has really, really, and maybe your mom's the same way too has really, like, become really, really, really nostalgic for her childhood. And so mm-hmm. now she does, like, she, like, she makes oatmeal in the morning, but it's like this really, like, she overcooks it to the point where it's just mush. And mm-hmm. she goes, mm, just the way my grandma made it. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you're, by the way, her grandmother was a horrible human being. It's my great-grandmother, right? The, the stories are just, like, what a nightmare she was, you know? But my mom has, like totally think that everything that she did, anything that people did in the past, that that was the best way to do it. Yeah. And it's like, and what are your parents that way too? Or.
1: Yeah. Maybe sort of my mom's actually pretty. My, my mom is like wherever the wind blows. Mm -hmm. So if like we're in a a space where someone's being nostalgic, she is. If someone's being old fashioned, she is. Mm -hmm. If someone's being progressive, she is. So like, my mom kind of is whatever's around her, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if that is sad or not, but like, not that she's weak, but just she's a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever's happening, she's cool with.
0: So, if you, you move her to San Francisco, will she become a liberal? Maybe. Oh, I mean, really? I've had
1: conversations, this is years old, but like, I've had conversations with my mom. Um I've worked kind of in organized labor and had conversations with her about like collective bargaining and that sort of thing and she's way about it until she's told that it's not okay and mm-hmm. it'll ruin our world and <laughs> you know so like I don't know she's a free thinker mm-hmm. but she tends to kind of go she she's also like she likes
0: to agree mm-hmm. so I agree Uh I agree. do you have any other updates for your state of the union 2019 no,
1: I mean, I'm a boring person now.
0: Deal with it. Are, <laughs> I've gotten a few uh, texts from... Are you that boring, though? I mean, you did get syphilis in 2019 and also watch... Oh, oh, 2018. and then also watch uh, a guy on a date with almost choked to death. Oh, yeah. I texted him the other day, by the way, oh, just did? to say hey. That's not yeah. Brian?
1: I'm sorry? That's not Brian? No. The guy who threw up on me was a totally different guy. Oh. His name's Ben. Oh, I texted always... him. I was like, "Hey, remember the time I almost saved your life?" Like to be yeah. funny. Uh-huh. And he responded back and was like, "Um, like, lol. Hope you're well." And I was like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> I tried." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So anyway, I do have a story I wanted to tell you, though, Joey. Oh, go ahead. This is, um, uh, not related to me, but by some measures, the South Bay, uh, up here in San Francisco, mm-hmm. is. Uh, Even harder to find a home in than San Francisco itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're not a Bay Area person, San Francisco is kind of in the center. I live in the East Bay, so east Mm -hmm. of that. There's a North Bay and there's a South Bay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then kind of west would be the ocean. So Mm -hmm. uh, South Bay people like San Jose area, the rent is projected to increase by 3.9% in 2019, Mm -hmm. which is even faster than San Francisco. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, a 900-square-foot Palo Alto house that had previously sold for about $900,000 in 2008 was put on the market for $2.5 million. Oh. oh, my God. Which is like two th- oh, it's like almost $3,000 per square foot. Mm-hmm. And if you're like going through tr- uh, Craigslist, you might be able to find a really sad place to live up here mm-hmm. for a reasonable price, but for the most part, you can't. And maybe part of it is because of the competition uh, the Mercury News reported yesterday that instead of renting to an actual human, a uh, man in Willow Glen section of San Jose leased his apartment behind his house to two cats. What? Specifically, yeah, specifically he rented this $1,500 monthly studio to a guy named Troy Good who set up his daughter's two cats there since he's not able to keep them in his own place. Um I don't know, we're doomed. But basically, uh, the guy has an apartment, and not allowed to have cats. So for an extra $1,500, he found the studio and he's like, you know what? That's a decent solution. I'm going to put the cats there. And like part of me, I'm like, mm, well, at least he didn't throw them on the street, take them to the pound.
0: But wait, you know what I mean? Like, that's who visits, good. Who visits the cat? He just goes and visits the cats?
1: Yeah, they're named Tina and Louise after the daughters on Bob's Burgers. Uh-huh. And he checks on them daily. They go there daily, feed them, you know, make sure they're okay. Um, I don't know. The article from Curie, whatever it's called, <laughs> the article that I'm reading mm-hmm. also quotes homeless um, advocate saying like, "Hey, we got a problem here." Um, but I don't know. He, according to this article, also he got a pretty decent deal since a studio apartment in Han- in San Jose is closer to two thousand dollars.
0: So. Uh, I don't know. Okay. $1,500 for your cats. Okay, wait, I have a lot to say about this. One yeah. is everybody involved in this story is a crazy person. The landlord, the person renting it, the cats, everyone. Okay. I think the landlord is not a crazy person. What a fucking
1: deal. I have, sure, I'll rent this place to you. All I have is you guys visiting once a day to take the cats out.
0: I, I guess you're a- right, but, but, but. It's boggles my mind that he pays fifteen hundred dollars a month so that the cats have a place to stay. Now, here's the deal with these homeless people advocates: are they, are they specifically mad at these people, or just what are they mad at? Because like this they're is... mad at the housing
1: debacle that's happening yeah. in the Bay Area, where there are people that can afford this, and then there are people that are literally unable to afford a roof over their head at all. Yeah, I think I, I think can... it's a problem. I don't know. No, that I mean, is, there that are people who work full time people who work full-time who can't afford to live here, you know? I know. But what is the solution, though? I don't know. I don't really understand kind of housing and all of that. I know that there is a solution. I think transportation has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you could expand kind of this, the the places where someone could live affordably, but also mm-hmm. commute in quickly to, you know, bus tables and, wait tables and as well, everything you, tables really i but. think
0: you've talked about this in the past but how is san francisco keeping that up how are they fighting the starbucks employees and the waiters and the waitresses yeah. and the people who keep the city going
1: well some of it is like restaurants are closing down we've talked about like mm-hmm. really decent places like are either closing down or altering their kind of setup so that they are doing counter service mm-hmm Uh, just to make you know uh, it cheaper to kind of do business, I think that's one thing. I I do know, and there was this was another story I almost told you today. There was a story about uh, a man who is renting in a brand new luxury apartment building in San Francisco, where a studio apartment is costing almost three grand per month.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: San Francisco has programs where they're required if you're going to open a building that has rent at that level you're also required to a uh, to offer a number of units at a uh, below market value which I think is a a decent solution I don't know much about it but mm-hmm. um that's a solution but we're seeing now where these people who are living in these apartment buildings are getting harassed by police sometimes even arrested because they're not they don't match kind of the Oh yeah. The, what a tenant is supposed to look like in these high rise mm-hmm. kind of luxury apartment buildings, because they're paying below market value, which means they have less money, which means they don't have, you know, luxury cars that are driving into it. But, um, so that's interesting. I don't know.
0: I don't know what the solution is, Joey. You tell me, I don't know San Francisco is a tough one. Cause it is you know, a five mile square Island. Is that what it is? Yeah. Seven by seven, seven, seven miles, by seven. Yeah. And so, uh, this very limited space, not like, Los Angeles has kind a of housing crisis, but, like, at least you can keep expanding it's outward. You right. You know, but, uh, but, no, but L.A., not as bad as San Francisco, but L.A. is also having... You know, I was talking to the senator, and the senator lives in a flyover state. And I was like, where do you live? It's happened yesterday. I go, where do you live? And answer this question, I said, how much would it cost to rent, like, a three-bedroom house with a yard, like, in a decent neighborhood? So you have a mm-hmm. yard, two- or three-bedroom house decent neighborhood and he goes i don't know like 900 1100 and i was like god. oh my god he was like hey. why is that a lot and i go my my cousin richard for those of you who don't know you haven't heard from him in a while i had this gay cousin named richard he's a week younger than being gay doesn't talk to me anymore either
1: they used to be friends <laughs> yeah we used
0: to be friends <laughs> <laughs> and he lived he lives still i imagine. <laughs> in this shitty part of east la now east la is just like a uh, lower uh income part of los angeles not as dangerous as people think it is but it's but it's not it's not a wealthy area right And he lived like, in a kind of shitty part of it right yeah and he lived in this uh, he he now moved into the front house of this property but there's a back house for it the back house is where richard used to live it, I'm going to tell you, Mike Lawson. Probably no more than 500 square feet. The doors didn't close. There was no air conditioning in a shitty part of the town. They wanted 1175 for mm. this tiny w- whatever back house a, on a property. 1175. You can get a the, uh, the whole house with a yard where this, the senator lives. Yeah,
1: 1175. By the way, I know that's not the part of your story that you were trying to tell, but I'm like. Well, could I, like, prop something against the door so I close it? <laughs> like, that's where yeah. I'm at in my life. 1175 sounds great for a place of my own.
0: But, but you know, do you remember when you moved – this is one of my favorite stories. I tell this story all the time. When you moved from California to Arizona – and yeah. you were living with people. Now, when you lived in California, it's probably similar to East L.A. You lived in a in a place called Garden Grove, where the name sounds prettier than the places. Yeah. And it, it was kind of just like a – how would you describe the area?
1: I mean, I was in the kind of the heart of Little Saigon. So there was like a lot of Vietnamese kind of establishments all around. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived on a busy street, so there was like heavy traffic. and um, But the weather was great.
0: Uh oh, that a baby. Oh, anyway, um, (laughs) show over. Anyway, sorry, that's just gonna happen. I know, I know. But I'm curious, what he's singing.
2: Oh, he's just talking.
0: Okay, yeah, I think he's just making noises. The point is, you have the baby. I have my mom. So the point is that when so you lived in like it was a very whatever kind of area. <clears throat> and when you yeah. went to – I remember this story. When you went to Phoenix, you were talking to people. And I think you, I think at the time – what was the total rent? Wasn't the total rent in your apartment like $1,200 or something or like $900 or – it was something like – In Garden Grove? Like, in Garden Grove. I don't remember exactly what my rent was there. Um, it was in yeah, that neighborhood. Remember. Somewhere between $900 and $1,200. For it the whole right, thing. Yeah. Your, your share of it was much lower. But the whole yeah, apartment, yeah, yeah. I think, rented for that. And um, you told people that. And they were like, where do you live by the ocean? Like, they just thought that you must have lived in this like really fancy neighborhood because the rent was so high. When I moved...
1: It, when I lived on my own in Phoenix, I was paying less than 500 a month mm-hmm. and utilities were included. Oh it was God. a nice building. We had swimming pool, we had washing machines. We had um have I ever told you how my apartment building gave us like they had like um tenant appreciation things every month. So okay. like one day when you leave the parking lot, there's like a a table things set up on the in the driveway so you could pull out and you could get a glass of a cup of coffee and one day they made breakfast burritos for everyone like it was a nice little community and i was Mm -hmm. paying less than 500 dollars a month oh my god my utilities were included in phoenix so like, I had my AC on, mm-hmm. and I had it really low, mm-hmm. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I would come home. It was 110 out. I would come home from work and put on a sweatshirt because <laughs> it was free.
0: You know what's so included. funny is I live here in California. I should just move because now with what I'm making on Patreon and the ads and all this drama, yeah, I could probably just live decent. Anywhere, yeah. yeah. I'll just move to, like, Indiana. Or Boise. Or Boise, Idaho, Yeah. And go to like. I actually think that's a great idea. I'll be so alone. No, you won't. If you move to
1: the right place. I mean, there are. San Francisco. I mean, you can find a small. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you can find a small little town that's like close enough to a city that has a vibrant gay community. hmm mm-hmm. Like you don't need to live in the city, but like the suburbs of a city. Yeah. You know, the cheap suburbs of some city. Mm-hmm. That's actually not the worst idea. Living far from your family sucks, though, especially with your – I know you're connected to your nieces and nephews. I have no but
0: like, nep- the suburbs I – I mean, my, somebody mentioned nephews, it. In, those are the guys I date. I don't have any nephews.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Someone in the chat mentions Chicago. Like, the suburbs of Chicago aren't awful. How oh, are it you It's like fucking
0: cold there. No, 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 no.
1: Snow would be bad. I've never lived in snow. Mm-hmm. I've only visited, so
0: that's what I know. Wow. I've never I've actually never even seen snow fall. Really? No. Like in Big Bear or anything? No, I've been I've been to Big Bear when the snow was there, but I've never seen it fall.
1: Um hey Joe, <coughs> I wanted to tell you, I've reinstalled Grindr. Yeah. Um I also installed, because a coworker was talking about it, I installed this app called Hinge. Do you know this? There's so Hinge. many of them. No. It's basically like a dating app that – it's like a Tinder sort of app. But the thing is with Mm -hmm. Hinge – and I don't know if – tell me what you think about this. Yeah. You can't begin chatting with someone until you select kind of like why you like them. Oh, really? So, for example, if I'm looking at a picture of, I don't know, this guy. Mm -hmm. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at this guy's profile. I can't just like say, hey, guy – you're handsome, I have mm-hmm. to, like, select which photo I like and say, like, this is a good photo.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or this answer you gave to one of the stupid question prompts is a good answer.
0: What's the logic behind that? Why? I think that it's, like, um
1: it takes out some of the mindless, like, swipe left, swipe left, swipe left, swipe mm-hmm. right, swipe left, swipe left, swipe mm-hmm. left. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're kind of required to, like, read it and, like, apply actual language to... Your response instead of just like swipe right and then hope that conversation starts. I don't know. I hate apps. I
0: hate dating. I want to be single forever. That's where I'm at. It's so funny that you said that. Today, I was networking with myself in the morning and I finished. (laughs) And I finished and I was like, this, you know, to be honest with you. I'm fine with this. Is there like a, a, a certain like sexuality where like, you're like you're just fine? Like I want to have emotional connection with people, but in terms of sure. sex, I'm fine.
1: That's kind of where I'm at.
0: Well, I'm actually
1: maybe the opposite,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Where all I want is to have sex with people,
0: mm-hmm. but like the emotional relationship shit, mm, I'm good. You know what's so funny is <laughs> that that's why we're we're so complementary because. To me, I feel more vulnerable and uncomfortable in the physical sex part of it, but very Mm. comfortable in my own skin in terms of the emotional part of it, where it seems like you're the opposite. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so much so – I mean, the other night I was at a kind of like a – I don't know, a social event, a gay – I was at a gay club, Mm -hmm. and they were handing out coupons for the bathhouse. Okay. And normally – the coupons for, it's Steamworks up here in the Bay Area, right? Mm-hmm. Famous bathhouse. Normally, I would either say, like, no thank you, or I would take it and leave it on the table.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Joe, it mm-hmm. came home with me in my pocket. I'm not saying I'm going,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I'm. Just, my mind is, I'm
0: in a different place where before that would never even cross my mind. You know what, though? I'll be honest with you. I don't know if we already talked about this in the show. Remember, there's the famous bathhouse episode where people yeah. got offended, blah, 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 blah. But after the bathhouse, I think I did talk about this in the show. I then went to something that's closer to Steamworks, uh, a sex club called The Zone in Los Angeles. And while it wasn't for me, because I said, like I told you, I feel the most vulnerable and low self-esteem in terms of that area. I could see you um, having fun there. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, that, I that actually seems kind of like it would be your bag. I
1: almost just feel like... It's like an elaborate form of masturbation almost, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's like maybe one and a half instead Mm of sex would be like step two, masturbation step one. Mm -hmm. This is like one and a half (laughs) where it's not like I'm actually like doing all the work of like having sex with somebody, but like maybe just going there. I don't know. It's, I'm not, I'm, if anyone out there listening to this has experience going to a bathhouse for the first time and has advice for me. Uh, go to catchinguppodcast.com. dot com. I
0: think next time, send me go a ahead. Message, yeah, send me a message. I think next time you come in Los Angeles, here's what we're gonna do. But hear me out because you're gonna. Get... I'm
1: not going to a sex no, no, club. No, no, with no, you. no, no,
0: no. Hear out. Hear me out. Hear <laughs> me out. Hear me out. Because I've been to the zone, so I can tell you this. Yeah, I have no interest in the zone, right? Yeah, but on Sundays they do a deal. Okay. Where like at one o'clock it's a dollar and two o'clock it's two dollars and it's like that's what it's yeah, like. I don't okay, know, hear me though. out. Hear me out. Uh-huh. I feel I just drop you off like a parent dropping a kid off at like preschool, and then I'll just go to like a coffee house nearby or something like that. And then when you're done, you just call me. I pick you up. And then that way you're not you're not like afraid you're gonna see someone you know or I don't know.
1: Me, I mean, I'm not worried about seeing someone I oh, okay. know. I I'm way over that. I feel like. If you're there, and I'm there, like, I'm not ashamed of that then. Uh-huh. You're there. Fuck, we're talking about it on podcast right now. My sister yeah, listens yeah. to this. My sister knows I'm considering going to a bathhouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, shame isn't kind of part of it mm-hmm. um, so much. Like, I wouldn't go to work and tell everyone that's what I did this weekend, mm-hmm. per se. There, But there are people at work that I would, would you do this weekend? And that would be part of my answer. Does that make sense? Like, the shame yeah. is there appropriately
0: mm-hmm. all right so okay, okay. but then, what the, um, what's your, then what's your hesitation i don't get it i don't i just don't well for it's my hesitation
1: <coughs> is how do you convince yourself self to do step one and a half when step one is good enough a lot of times do you follow if step two is sex Step one is masturbation. Why go all the way to a
0: bathhouse to kind of do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I when... get what you're saying. You know what? You know how I feel about that? You know what? Okay. This is how I relate to that. I don't understand strip clubs and lap dances. Yeah, and to me, that's my same. one and a half. Because there's like masturbation. Okay, great. And then there's going into a straight up bathhouse or having casual sex, right? Why would you? Because, you know, a bathhouse costs money, all right? Yeah. Why would you throw money at a person just to, like, dance and rub their ass up against your dick, but you can't fuck them? Like, mm-hmm. stay home and masturbate for free, or pay and go get, you know, your dick sucked or do whatever. Um, but Do you think it has something to do with, like, the quality of the woman? Uh, like,
1: oh, this, this is someone who I could never kind of, I don't know.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I think, I think most strippers i ever met are not that attractive. Maybe there's some high-end ones. Did you have any news stories that you brought? I sure did, Mike Lawson. Let's do it. Tom Brokaw, the veteran NBC Newsman, has apologized for saying that Hispanic immigrants need to do a better job of assimilating to the United States and teaching their children to speak English. The former anchor of NBC Nightly News, who is now a senior correspondent for the network, faced immediate backlash Sunday after making the remarks on NBC's Meet the Press. Brokaw, who appeared in the show as part of the panel discussing the truce reached by Congress and President Trump on Friday, which temporarily... Who cares about that? Here we go. So in the, in the show's final segment, the discussion turned to President Trump's proposed border wall. Um, So something about the, Wyoming... Okay, Oh, he's, so Chuck Todd was talking about how they need... If you if you go to Wyoming and South Dakota, they'll tell you they need a wall, but actually, places by the border—I'm I'm paraphrasing here—they don't really think you need a wall. <clears throat> and then Brokaw said, "I know," uh, and a lot of us uh, we don't want to talk about. But the fact is, on the Republican side, a lot of people uh, see the rise of an extraordinary important new constituent in American politics: Hispanics. Okay, see so somehow Hispanics are important. Paraphrasing here. So then this is this is the part that. Um, uh he and he goes so here we go here's here's the part that i'm in trouble so he's talking about how hispanics are going to be an important part of politics because they're a huge constituency and the democrats and republicans want to vie for their vote and then he says i also happen to believe that the hispanics should work harder at assimilation That's one of those things I've been saying for a long time, you know, that they ought to just be not be codified in their communities, but make sure that all their kids are learning to speak English and that they feel comfortable in the communities. And that's going to take outreach on both sides, frankly. Um, Mm. I guess one of the the panelists fought back. And then today, after he got all this backlash, he apologized. Mike Lawson, my question to you. Uh, Do you think Latinos need to uh, assimilate?
1: Yeah, fuck them all. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I look. I, I so I'm I watch Meet the Press every week, so I saw this kind of oh, as it did. happened. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I cringed um, for a, a brief moment, but as a I don't know, as a I it didn't hit me as hard as it probably hit somebody who maybe was on the blunt end of all of this, right? Yeah. Like it just didn't cut me in the way that it probably did others. I've read his apology since, and I I don't know, he's an old. This is Aegis, maybe. He's an old man. I think we should be careful how much kind of microphone we put in front of this guy now. Like, Mm -hmm. whatever. The lesson learned. I think that maybe when he was younger, this sort of, like, learn the language was kind of, like, a very Mm -hmm. mainstream sort of, like, you know, opinion. Assimilate, you know, this is america be american but now we're starting to learn that hey this is america and these like differences are actually why america functions in the way that it has functioned for many years so like i don't know i think we're seeing maybe people like my parents like tom Broca, brokaw kind of like stuck in this old like yeah you can be here but like you got to be american like that's
0: old-fashioned right It is, but I have a more nuanced view of what Tom Brokaw said, in that, like, look, if you want to come here and speak Spanish, do your thing, right? But I Mm -hmm. do feel that, god, assimilation isn't the right word, because assimilation to me means losing that culture and adopting a new one. Yeah. And I think, but but I do think if Hispanics want to be a political force to be well, they'll all, they'll they'll for sure be a political force to be reckoned with because they're so big. But if they really want to use their political muscle, then it it would be best to adopt the American culture along with their own and not lose it. Yeah, but understand it. So
1: and, waving a Mexican flag doesn't mean that you haven't
0: assimilated, right? The waving the Mexican flag doesn't mean you haven't assimilated. I don't know. That one's a tricky one because I actually do get old man about that. Where I'm just like, you know, you know, I actually had this conversation with um, Armando recently about Thanksgiving because I was asking him what he was going to do for Thanksgiving, and he was going to go with his girlfriend to Mexico, and or maybe it wasn't Mexico, but the point was that his girlfriend's family who, they're straight up from Mexico, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Like, it's just a normal day for them. Okay? And I was having this conversation, and I think this is actually really kind of sums up how I feel, is that... Look, I get it that you're... But th- there was something almost defiant on their end. The way th- This is the longer conversation he and I were having. And by the way, Armando agreed with me. It was a conversation we were having about his girlfriend's family. And that there was something defined that we're not going to have Thanksgiving because we're not American. And I was making the point, like, part of becoming an American is celebrating Thanksgiving. It's a holiday. You eat a meal. Like, I could see, like, Fourth of July, you're like, whatever, right? But Thanksgiving is like, what? what's the harm? It doesn't mean give up your Mexican holidays, you know? It's, um, why don't you... Uh, I think the spirit of Thanksgiving you could celebrate it, and you could. I'm not even saying have turkey and mashed potatoes, but why not celebrate uh, the spirit of Thanksgiving? Have Mexican food, have your normal dinner, but at least bring in the spirit of Thanksgiving. And and his girlfriend's parents were defiantly against it because they weren't American, and I think there was talk about them even going to Mexico just to not even be here for it. And I was like, well, then stay in Mexico. You know, I'm not saying give up your Mexican culture, but if you're gonna, like, in other words, if, if Imagine if I went to Italy, right, and when I got to Italy, it was the San Gennaro Festival, and I was like, I'm not Catholic, and I am, though, but I'm not Catholic, and I'm not Italian, so I'm not going to participate, You'd be like, oh, that's kind, of, that's kind of an asshole American, you know? Yeah. And I sort of feel they were kind of being asshole Mexicans being here. So I'm not saying necessarily assimilate, but I think if you're going to be here, partici- we want you to participate in the culture. There's a way to have a duality and to be American and also be a Mexican. The Mexican flag thing, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. Hmm. I think, I mean, I don't know. I have feelings about <laughs> what you just said, too. but I don't know I, if it's a good sign or bad sign, but John Arts in the cha- in the chat room agreed with me. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> um, okay, what do you have going on next either. week, Michael? <laughs> what do you have going on next week, Mike Lawson?
1: I'm um, not a whole bunch of uh, nothing again. Mm-hmm. Um just doing my thing, living my life, saving my money, mm-hmm. um, not being social, um, watching Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother, just kind of doing you know what I do mm-hmm. and not spending money. <laughs> what do you got going on
0: you know this week actually is kind of a crazy week maybe because today i'm going to the de- like literally after i can only do like a short after breakfast and i gotta jump in the shower and go to the dentist cool. um so that'll be fun <clears throat> and then um tomorrow you know um you know my friend shannon and her husband they, and they have that like singing podcast yeah they're bringing that back and tomorrow cool. i'm interviewing do you know the singer natasha Bedingfield? um yeah i've heard of her yeah I'm interviewing yeah. her i want you know what let's actually play a natasha Bedingfield. i i think she has that oh god i think she has that song about like that i always hear on those um like going to like um you know sandals resorts uh uh-huh. commercials i'm gonna find it um and so like everyone everyone i i for some oh here it is this is the song right here Hold on. At Sandals Resort, you get all inclusive drinks, all the food you can eat, and no kids. That's funny you think of that because
1: I think of um, like a photo montage of all the pictures taken this school year. <laughs> oh, really? Let me see. Yeah.
0: Like, this is me and you at like a
1: hot, like a football game. Looking and they like slide in and out. Here it comes.
0: Oh, yeah. Or like opening the new salon,
1: yeah. feeling- huh?
0: I guess it's all right. Yeah. Um, so you have that going on. What else? Uh, and then um, there is something. I was looking at my calendar. I was like, "Oh, next week, I want to hear next week's show." <laughs> like, uh, yeah, there's Natasha Bedingfield, and then oh, it's Groundhog Day next Saturday. Cool. And, uh, no i'm gonna be in la a bunch next week and uh i think that always leads to stories whenever i'm in la um so i i because i'm in la so I, I, oh, I have like dinner with chris and mercedes next week and all the i'm gonna be in la a lot and seeing people i will be out in the world unlike i've been for the past couple of weeks what about you uh i already told you what i'm doing joey <laughs> i went first oh that's right yeah 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 you did go first <laughs> okay well on the next week uh, tomorrow i'm gonna be interviewing natasha betty and phil you ever heard of her <laughs> we just do the same thing over and over again okay uh well mike lawson oh wait you know what let's do let's do it this way it's, it's the sixth year anniversary mike lawson it was nice catching up with you nice catching up with you joey go to hell mike <laughs> turn back around on me <laughs>